millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, guys? Ryan Sprague here, and I'm just dropping in to remind you about our Patreon campaign. Somewhere in the Skies is always free to consume, but it's not free to create. So if you want to help the show on a monthly basis, we have tons of rewards for you in return, including shoutouts on the show and website, bonus content and episodes, and free merch. Want to be my guest or pick a topic for the show? You can do that too. So if you'd like to learn more and to help support the show, visit patreon.com slash skies. Thank you, and keep looking up. Today on the show, we're talking to Joe and Emmett Hayes, the UFO bros. We had it analyzed, and this is aerospace-ready material, and Mm -hmm. uh, that it was designed to withstand a tremendous amount of pressure, Mm -hmm. the type of metal it is. This is something that has been through a traumatic event, and this was right in the coordinates of the needles crashing on the banks of the Colorado River. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Spread. Welcome to Somewhere in the Skies. Today, we're just going to let loose and have a good time. And I couldn't think of two better people to do that with than the UFO bros. Joe and Emmett Hayes are two brothers from North California who grew up looking at the stars and wondered what was out there. And now, two decades later, they are still doing the same thing. The brothers turned their hobby into a semi-profession, becoming two of the most insightful and funniest investigators of the UFO phenomena. While their methods aren't always by the book, their passion for explaining the unexplainable is incontrovertible. They bring attention to the subject through brotherly humor and irreverence, while at the same time giving it the respect it deserves. So let's get to our informal and sometimes uncensored conversation with the UFO bros. I am here with the UFO bros, and today we're just going to have fun. Like, this is not going to be the the super standard list of questions, answer, goodbye. We're going to have a good time, because if there's something I love about you guys, is that you take this topic of UFO seriously, but not too seriously. And I think that's what's lacking in this field so, so much. So we're going to have fun. We're going to get a little crazy. We're going to look at some interesting stuff that you guys are in possession of that the world has not really seen yet. And I'm so excited for that. I just want to get to that. But before we do that, I want to ask you guys, I mean, this is kind of about all of us coming together, figuring out like, you know, how we got into this stuff. So origin story for the UFO bros. How did you guys get interested in UFOs? How did you come up with this idea of the UFO bros? Yeah. Let my audience know what you guys are all about. Sure. Well, it first started um, coming out of the same person. Uh, That was where we met. And actually, I'll tell you, we say this story over and over again. We've told it a few times. Alien autopsy. Autopsy. 1997. 1997. Yep, yep. Okay, so, you know, here we are, our normal teenage selves, and we come across this video. They just, hey, it's my parrot. We come across this video, and it's amazing. You know, here's this alien body on a table. They're cutting it open. They're taking its brains out. They're cataloging its organs. And it just blew us away and really opened our mind to Mm -hmm. what's potentially out there. And so 
another thing I think that really sparked it was our older cousin gave us a book. It was just called Paranormal. And it was actually a beautifully bound book. I wish I still had it. And in it was everything. Loch Ness Monster, UFOs, Baghdad batteries, uh, anything that's paranormal, strange, you know, that stuff was in that book. And so that was like a huge thing for us. And so we've just been following it ever since. Bob Lazar also was a huge revelation. Will you for shut us. that damn bird up? <laughs> shut up. Come here. Come there on. is a parrot in the room for those watching and listening. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love there it. There she is. There she is. Oh. <laughs> she is gorgeous, man. <laughs> she loves uh, FaceTiming. Thank you so much. What's her she, name? Uh, her name is Noxuma Jackson. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, Bob Lazar, right? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, I know you know, because you guys covered it too, right? On your yes, special, on your TV show. Wasn't you have a regular, you're in your second season, aren't you? Yeah, we're going into our second season right now. Um, you know, I'm not like the main host, but I come on anytime there's UFO stuff, which is awesome. Um, so cool. Jennifer Marshall, our prime investigator, she's, dude, she is no bullshit, like top of the line a skeptical believer, which I think is very important. Like she wants the facts. She, she wants the truth. She wants to go where the, where the evidence leads her. So um, yeah, when, you know, we did Roswell, we did area 51. And of course that had so much to do with Bob Lazar, which, uh, well, which is one of my questions for you guys. We'll get to later on, but um, yeah, sorry sure. to interrupt. Please continue. Yeah, no, I mean, it just kind of spurred from there. And then in 2016, we had some life events that brought us together as adults in a different way. And we just was like, let's go to area 51. <laughs> nice. And we went and uh, it was the most beautiful time of the year. It, I mean, like if you're out there at the right time, it can be gorgeous, you know. You just got to be careful when you're driving at night because it is possible to hit a cow. I'm just yeah. – Yeah, the pictures at the little alien with with the dead cows in mm-hmm. these cars. So you got to be careful. So disturbing, and then we I don't know. went to Roswell, and then we went to Aurora, Texas, and then we went to Needles, and then we went to Area 54. I mean, we've just spent so much time going there, and that, I think, is really what we do because some – People, you know, they research and we need it. Some people. Some people. Uh, it's a different thing to actually go and explore it and find yeah. the Roswell crash site and right. find that monument out there in the middle of a field. It's like a needle in a haystack. Finding that and then finding what the hell's at Area 51. And I think we moved the guards in our special, by the way. Did you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, well, hey, let's, while we're at it, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, you guys are probably most well-known now as being national television stars so tell us about the special on travel channel uh joe what did you think about it brother um because i know Emmett, you're kind of you're like the the big believer right you you're he's the talker and you're the you're the guy who just is like you know always so stoic which i liked in the special so yeah give it to me like how did the special come about and uh what was it like filming that Oh my God. So the special, um, we, me and Emmett just started doing our, our normal podcasting. We just put a couple uh, videos up on our channels and then uh, we just started getting um, phone calls of uh, just production companies uh, wanting to, Hey, you guys want to do a show about aliens? We're like, yeah. So we started doing the, the pre-production stuff, pilot stuff. And then uh, it just, it just happened. It was really quick and surprising. It's awesome. awesome. How about you, Emmett? Like, what was it like getting contacted by a TV network and being like, we want you to go out and look at the UFO topic. I'm still like in awe that it happened to me. Like it was something I never really Mm -hmm. saw coming. Um, But man, like when you have a TV network behind you, the resources are amazing. So yeah, I mean, what what do you think? Well, first of all, I just wanted to say like, I I bet, I imagine you feel this way the whole time. I just kept thinking, I'm really not supposed to be here. Like, I'm so lucky to be here to be a part. Like, you know, you mind yourself mm-hmm. out of every minute. You're like, I'm not supposed to be here. But, oh my gosh, with the resources of travel and the showrunners and all the people that mm-hmm. really are the stars, as far as I'm concerned, because Joe and I, you know, we talk and we do what we do. But these people, they assembled that in less than two months from start to finish. I don't know how they did it. They were literally editing while we were going to different uh, shoots and stuff and interviews and that sort of thing. But it was great to be able to get involved with people um, 
that are making more waves in this topic, bringing in Bob Lazar, Jeremy Corbell, who has done a phenomenal job of covering this topic in, in ways it's really connecting with people. And that was kind of our whole premise was mysterious is great, but what do you like the normal people think? So going to Area 51 was the perfect opportunity. You know, we interviewed some great people. We interviewed the guy that wanted to fornicate with the alien. Um, <laughs> uh, we interviewed the guy from Boston that was pissed off that all of the, you know, secrets are covered up. And that's so cool because that's on our level. You know, we talk, we just talk to people about it. And that's kind of always been our approach. And I think that that just lined up well with Area 51. We were just in the right place at the right time for it. Uh, but it was a blast. I mean... You know, getting to be in the RV, meeting Rick Doty, uh, hanging out with Jeremy. It was great, man. It was just such a huge moment to just absorb everything about our little world of UFOs and our community and just be in it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, to be if, paid for it. You're like, what? And to be, yeah, what? Mm-hmm. Like, that's your job? It's insane. Wait, um, I'm getting money for this? <laughs> what I thought was really cool, too, is like, you guys came right at the peak of interest, both in Area 51 and UFOs. I mean, look at all this stuff we have with, um, you know, the, the Pentagon UFO program. And I know on our show, we looked at these stunning, what I think are stunning similarities between uh, what Bob Lazar was saying back in the 80s of how these craft worked. You know, they, they weren't like mm. the saucer kind of floating and hovering like we see in the 50s movies you know it was yeah craft belly up and then like gets pulled instead of pushed mm. out the back by yeah yeah so lazar was saying this shit back in the 80s and then jennifer and i are looking at the current videos you know the tic tac the gimbal the go fast and you look at one of those i believe it was the the gimbal video yeah and yes. what did that craft do right at the end of the video that we see exactly brother. And the guy even says it rotated and that gave me chills. I think when I, when I made that connection in our show and I can't pretend to be the first, like Jeremy's been saying it for a long time. Other people noticed they're like, huh? Well, Lazar said back then it's kind of true now. So what do you guys think? Does that lend credence to his story? And uh, I guess the overall (laughs) question, what do you guys think? Do you believe Bob? I'd love to get your, your, both of your opinions on it. I've got mine for damn sure. I believe Bob. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I believe Bob. I definitely believe Bob 100%. Yeah. I think the thing with Bob Lazar that some people tend to focus on are some of his little quirky sort of side expeditions and side businesses that he's had. Like but, working at a brothel? <laughs> uh, but to be honest with you, if I was to bring somebody into an extremely super secretive black project, I would look for somebody who is easily discredited discreditable is that a word discreditable Discredit- it Discredit- is today yeah let's go discreditable Discredit- and he's the perfect person for that and he's also got the, he's also you know a physicist and he thinks outside the box and that's the kind of person i think you'd want to look at an exotic technology you wouldn't want to bring the guy necessarily you know that's writing the papers and he's the book smart guy and because i think there's one thing that bob was hey. able to do was technical application actually build the things and touch them hey, he, that's he was a hands-on guy Right. I don't. I don't want to say anything, but you got to drizzle on your drip of your chin there. Yum. Really flavor saver. <laughs> oh. It's Ooh, just, what are you drinking, it. man? What is that? It's that just, looks so good. Sitting so, there talking well, to me. So we are having. Some <laughs> cold brew with light sweet cream and some pumpkin foam, no topping. With a parrot. It's our under- favorite. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I just of course I have to water. have a parrot, and of course it has to be a rainbow parrot. I mean, like, can I get a more inconspicuous bird? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my, I don't know. I love her. She's yeah. my TV bird. I got her after storming Area 51. Oh, that's awesome. What a, what a like, good per- permanent souvenir, right, to remember. Right, that. yeah. Um, I love her. Well, She's my friend. I guess, yeah. I, I'm with you guys. Like, I, I must admit, I... Here's, here's my sort of passive answer, and I get shit for saying this a lot by the UFO community, but I've been vocal about my thoughts on Bob Lazar uh, ever since I met him. I think in 2000, it was like 2011 or 2012, he was speaking at the International UFO Congress, and he hadn't really come forward for a really long time. And the only thing that really brought him out to talk about it was um, George Knapp, you know, the guy who broke mm-hmm. Lazar's story originally. And we got him up on the stage and had him do like a Q&A and 
go through everything. And um, I, uh, I got to Ooh. mic him, put the microphone on him. So I'm like, what does he smell like? Ooh, he smells, he smells like science. He smells, he smells like smells. Um, science and element 115. Fuel. If you've ever, seen it. <laughs> it's got a little pungent sourness to it. No, 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 no. Nice little metallicness. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, he, he seems like the kind of guy who wears Old Spice to me. So, yeah, I think I smelled me a little too. bit of, like, um, the Fuji-scented <laughs> uh, one or something like that. But, um, oh, no, man. I mean, putting the mic on him, getting to talk to him for a few minutes, like, he just seems like such a down-to-earth, uh, genuine dude. And um, he, here's where I land on it all. I firmly believe Bob Lazar did what he said he did, worked where he said he worked, and... Uh, saw what he says he saw. But what that is is an entirely different story. I mean, this could have been part of some big disinformation campaign, which is part of another individual who you guys spoke to that I want to talk to you about maybe in a little bit. But um, I believe Bob. I'm with you guys. I'm skeptical yeah. of uh, some parts of his story, but look, no one... Look, do I believe everything? No. Did he have exactly. an advanced degree? Probably not. Uh, anybody who's ever like put in a job on a resume might've been like, I was the, you know, the, the top executive, at the, but you're, you know, you just pump it up a little bit. Right. You know, and like, frankly, some people can carry the knowledge and application to be at a PhD level, just not have the degree. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's whatever the words, I just put the words out that people can determine what they think, it's just the words. The, the tremendous words, the tremendous. We have the most words. big, he does this. we have the most uh, medalist, Saucers. No. <laughs> terrific oh, saucers. My, my, saucers. My, audience, saucers. my audience is going to love this part, for sure. For sure. <laughs> especially, like, what especially this week, you know. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. what do we... We got something oh. going on in the United States in a couple of weeks. We won't go there, but... Um, what are you on again? Yeah, what yeah. is happening? What is happening? Oh. But yeah, I kind of hogged the first couple questions there. I don't know if you guys wanted yeah. to take the lead or um, I've got plenty for you, but yeah. There's anything you need me to spill the beans on, I'm here too. So Joe had a question. When do you think you'll reach puberty? Um what? Hey, look. <laughs> look, guys, I can't I can't grow the beautiful facial hair you have, but Dude, uh, this I'm is two months there. of growth. This is I'm two months. <laughs> is it really? You look great, yeah. dude. You look like a guy that could be on TV. You know what I mean? He's you talking to TV. him or me? You. You Big should be on TV. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank you. You have the face for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling my brother, I'm like, look at this guy. He's so young. I wonder how old he is. Actually, sorry, I'm going back. Bro, you're such a dick. I, uh, okay. no, I, I'm I'm taking it as a compliment. I'm taking it as a yeah, compliment. Yeah, just take it. Some of us some of us go through stages of life later than others, but um I'll get that. Okay. I'll I'm probably to reach myself. I'll probably uh, solve the UFO mystery before I go through puberty. But um that's all other <laughs> puberty. You're gonna be you're gonna be like eighty and you're gonna look <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna actually ask you a question. Oh god, about, please go, go, go. Out of any of your investigations and research is there one piece of information maybe that you could share with us possibly you haven't shared with somebody else or you haven't talked about maybe even a developing Ooh. theory or I just want to know. I just like yeah, to know yeah. that. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Um, for me, it goes back to uh, the pilot episode of the mysteries decoded television show where uh, Jennifer and I went to Roswell, like you guys did. And um Look, when I got approached for this television show and they said, we want to do a UFO show, I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah, if it ever happens, let me know. But you know that game, like all these producers and people say they want to make these shows and then it never happens and you're waiting oh my months, God. Yeah. months and months. But, um, Is your hair all minded, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like waiting by the phone and uh, <laughs> making lattes at my coffee shop and like, miserable with my life <laughs> and then i get the phone call and i'm like wow they actually made it happen they they got a pilot like a, a one hour special and then they said they wanted to do roswell and right there man like i was roswell is roswell it's awesome but i also was like ah really like this we're going we're doing the case that everyone's covered everyone right. knows every play-by-play of the events mm-hmm. um so i told them i'm like yeah absolutely but we have to do something new and we have to do something special and bring new evidence or like 
theories to the table. And uh, I think we did. I thought we came up with some really cool stuff, whether it was the, the Raimi memo that we looked at, you know, the guy who um, had that memo during the press conference and what it might have said. Have you gotten any further on that? Um, we're still analyzing the memo. It's so hard, man. Like we've, you know what? I'm gonna tell you a secret. Oh, yeah. I've been playing around with it on Facetune because you can take the lines and bend them. Facetune, you know, you can do things, but you can, if you manipulate the lines, you can, I was starting to kind of get some, like, you know, and what I'm getting at is I want to solve that shit. I want you, you know, you're like, let's solve some shit. I think we got to, you know, I want to know what you know about that, you know? Yeah. How, how, I mean, why can't, you know, have you, like, who'd be taking it to? I, would, I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, I mean, in the show, oh, we... Shut the damn bird up. <laughs> Sorry. She's got a lot to say about Roswell, man. We all do. Oh. Um, we we had Ben Hansen look at it, you know, former FBI agent and, um, you know, analyst and paranormal researcher. And I thought he did an incredible job. But we also have, we're having it looked at by several other independent photo analysts and um, and stuff like that. But not even the memo for me. We looked at a metal that was found out there. Um, oh. We had it tested at an aerospace lab. And that came from Frank Kimbler, this dude who lives out in Roswell. Yeah. And he's been digging out in the desert for like years now, looking for any evidence of a craft that crashed. And, you know, being the earth scientist and geologist he is, he made shit happen. And he found what he believes that you've been to, that I've been to, which was the actual impact site where the the craft supposedly came down. And he found metals out there. And we were like, holy shit, okay. He also found buttons, um, military-grade buttons that would be on um army outfits yeah because you need tons of army people to pick up a weather balloon of course of course yeah let's let's have hundreds of officers out there on hands and knees picking up losing buttons yeah yeah so So, i mean the fact that he found medals and the fact that he found military buttons from the 40s you know that says a lot something crashed there in the 40s out there because it was so remote, no trash, nothing out there, yet he found these metals. So we had him tested at an aerospace lab in California. And, um, you know, we go about it in the special of like, yeah, it was definitely, the metal was not alien in the sense that it was extraterrestrial, but, 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 we were really excited to find out that the alloys within the metal, the composition makeup, everything about this metal that he found out there was what we're using today in 2020. And it's being used on our most sophisticated aerospace shuttles and missions and stuff like that today by Elon Musk, by, by people like that on their spacecraft. So what the hell so familiar. was that metal doing out in the desert in the 40s? I, I can't tell How you. How big is the metal piece? He's got a bunch of them. I mean, the one like, we what's had... the biggest? The biggest one I saw was probably about and i know this doesn't give much much context maybe like three inches long an inch wide so joe you know about three inches right can you show us (laughs) i know you have a pretty good eyeball on it how about you're out of control (laughs) i hope you don't mind me jumping in on the metal yeah we found a piece of metal we're going to talk about that right because yes we are yeah the things that you just said apply to this piece of metal because we okay. had it tested. Ooh, good tease, brother. Yeah, I'm, I will definitely get there. Um, I'm going to end on my Roswell banter or blabbering here with, um, it, wasn't no, even the, it wasn't the physical evidence, to be honest, that really captured my attention in the research. It was actually um, somebody who came up to us while we were, you know, cameras were off. We were getting ready to go to our next location and this local in Roswell came up. And of course, he's like, what are you guys doing? What are you filming? And right. we're like, you know, something about Roswell. He's like, is it the crash? And we're like, yeah. He's like, of course. Of course it is. Because <laughs> you know, um, that's all that happens in Roswell. That's what they're known for. And, Roswell's uh, like two miles long. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The craft like, didn't even have the decency to actually crash in Roswell. That's just where they. I know. It's, oh man! Even the aliens were like, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> the aliens were like, we're going to crash. We're not going to crash in Roswell. Nah, we're just going to nah. keep on. <laughs> <laughs> keep on, keep it on. So, uh, oh yeah. So this dude comes up to us and he's like, so you know what really happened, right? And we're like, I mean, that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, you know, we've heard everything from weather balloons to Project Mogul to, um, you know, an alien spacecraft. And he was like, nah, nope. And we're like, what do you mean? And he's like, look, this is a small town. Everyone knows someone that was involved with this crash. Everybody in the town, either related to or knew of someone. And he said his grandfather was working at the Roswell Army Airfield at the time. And um, he told this guy that told us, and you guys might have heard this theory already, um, but it's one that I find really interesting. He said his, his way of putting it is there were bodies, there was a craft, it was human, and it was children. And Oh, Russian so, children. Either right? Russian, German, Japanese, somebody, or American. Yes. And that's what he told us. He told us that these were either mentally disabled or physically disabled children who the government snatched up. These kids were left at, you know, orphanages. Um, they were cast outs. They, nobody wanted these children. He says that they put these kids up in like a high altitude balloon or craft. Cause you got to think forties, like this is the early, early days of looking at space exploration right. and breaking the chains of gravity and getting up there into the atmosphere. And they wanted to see how long these kids could survive going up there before anything happened. <laughs> that would just, I didn't hear that. All right, kids. Get yeah, ahead. right. Go up. You're going to see some stars. It's not you're see some... when you... Damn. Isn't that so fucked up? And like, that's what this guy told me. And he said, why do you think there was a cover up? Like we were kidnapping kids, putting them up there and they were dying at alarming rates. Trying I to have never heard, never that. heard that. So that blew my mind. I heard about, Sorry, just to type, I heard about like Russians or something that, that they like, they sent, you know, like kids with Pejoria or whatever or so, yeah. something like that, but not exactly Pure, what you were saying. Georgia. Yeah, I understand. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, like I said, it's not the, it's not the first time this theory has been brought forward, but the fact that this guy came up to me and told this and other residents in Roswell said this and researchers like Nick Redfern um, have written about this in the past. He believes it could have been Japanese uh, who sent something over to spy on us and it crashed. Uh, look, the possibilities are endless and aliens are still mm-hmm. on the table too. But that for me kind of opened the doors wide open. And we didn't wow. cover it in the TV show because it was really dark and depressing. They just didn't want to cover that. that yeah, I would. You know, they don't want to cover it yet. But, but I'm, I will say, you know, we're not done looking at Roswell on the TV show. I'll tell you this. If that's what happened, that's like a that's a that's like a like a worse story than aliens crashing. Frankly, exactly. I mean, that's that, what I said. Not worse. Not worse. Or like more like explosive or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Especially nowadays, everybody's like, yeah, there's aliens or whatever. But yeah, I think that's interesting. I love Roswell. I love the hieroglyphics. I love when people are describing the materials, and I just like. So you're like the Roswell guy. You're our Roswell guy. Well, there you go too, man. Hieroglyphics. You bring up a really good point. Back in the 40s and stuff, like we, people didn't know how to look at Russian writing or Japanese writing and whatnot at the time. You know, just everyday people in Roswell, New Mexico. I doubt it. Maybe the military. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if this rancher is the first to have found this this stuff and um, and whatnot, I can't say he didn't know Japanese or Russian or anything, but. Maybe it's possible he mistook another language written on these pieces or whatnot and thought it was hieroglyphics, as he stated, or um, Hmm. that Jesse Marcel Sr. showed his son that it was hieroglyphics. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, one more thing on Roswell, the hieroglyphics, you're making me think about, did you hear about a toy factory creating like scotch tape with patterns on it? Did you hear about this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. I've seen that special. I've hunted for that tape. I'd looked everywhere to see if I could find just even like if it you know like has the diamonds and the clovers right. and the heart that's supposed to be what was on it but 
Surprise, man, that's a whole episode, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that. It's a whole series, yeah. I mean, and yeah. you guys know, you too, you've investigated, and every time you think you have an mm-hmm. answer, like something creeps in and makes you go a different route. So, yeah. That, but that's what UFO investigation is. And you guys know that more than anyone. You've done more boots on the ground than I have, oh, yeah. personally. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on um, this case that not a lot of people know about. And I, I hope you can share some of it with us. I know you're under... NDAs for certain things and this and that, but um, Needles, California. This is a case that (laughs) caught my attention and uh, I've been looking into a lot, but I want to get it from you guys. This is probably one of the most recent quote unquote UFO crashes in history right now. So tell us a little about Needles, um, what you've heard about the case and about uh, going there. You guys actually went out to to look for stuff. So um, is there anything you could share with my audience you know, to be honest with you, nobody has investigated Needles, California in a long time. And so Joe and I, just to give you some background, it was May 14th, 2008. It's not that long ago, 12 years. Yeah. About 2 a.m., the residents of Needles, California, which, by the way, is like in the taint of California. It's like <laughs> where California and Nevada and like there's like a little uh, the residents saw this turquoise light reach across the sky. Right. And then it came down, crashed into the banks of the Colorado River. This was so bright, it lit up the entire town of Needles. And they were calling the local radio station that night to report Mm -hmm. it and talk talk about it, tell people about it. A man named Frank Costigan, who has since passed, was one of the people that took those calls. So what we did is we started there. We started with Frank Costigan, who uh, gave us so much information about what happened in 2008. So... That night, after it crashed into the banks of the Colorado River, this UFO, this, who knows, it wasn't a meteor. It was definitely a vehicle of some sort, primarily because a squadron of helicopters were following it as it crashed. And a sky crane came in, which is like a big helicopter that can lift really heavy stuff, comes in, picks up the object right into the sky, and they fly off. That morning... The town is overrun with seemingly scientists, uh, possible uh, people affiliated with the army or the navy. The men in black. The town, men in black. Oh wow! They asked lots of questions. There was literally lines of cars coming into Needles, California. It was unlike anything they had ever seen, because it's really a quiet place. They just love their trailers. And their Chinese food, and whatever they do there. By Chinese food, we mean it's really bad. Not that there's Chinese people there. I just wanted to point that out. They have yeah. bad Chinese food. Okay. Is there, food though, is there bad Chinese food? Let's be honest. Yes, because when it's 115 degrees and you're eating <laughs> some very hot 
I did think about that. That just made my stomach turn. Yeah. You're awful at MSG. And then you're like, the water's not working. You guys don't carry Gatorade. Oh my God. I'm thinking of um, Anchorman. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Oh man. So anyway, just fun memories, Joe and I, you know, we pop in here and there. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, how mysterious? Um, there was a mental. There was a, a mental. There was a man named Bob on the river. Okay, who was a man that was boating that night? Wait, you said his name is Bob. Bob. Yeah. Was he? What's his la- no. What do you know? His last name was? Was it up yeah. and down the water? <laughs> but he I'm was fishing so. on the banks of Colorado River. Go ahead, Joe. And yeah. take it, he Joe. saw it fly in. He saw it fly in. So we went, we interviewed Frank Costigan. He gave mm-hmm. us uh, contact information with the local geologist and land surveyor so we could get an idea of approximately where this thing crashed in the Banks of Colorado River. And um, we went out there with our metal detectors and our EM detectors, and we found something, man. And oh, we yeah. have not ever really shown this, especially to somebody where you're at. On TV, yeah, yeah. So many followers. Yeah. We've shown people here and there, but we actually dug down a couple feet and pulled this incredible piece of metal out of the ground, and it's really a really pretty big piece of metal. You want to see it? Uh yeah. If you guys are willing to share that, are you allowed to? I don't care what they're gonna do. Soon okay. Piece of metal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's. Okay. If you guys are willing, this is a uh, somewhere in the skies UFO Bros exclusive. I would love this to see. Is. Astronaut John Kelly saw this piece of metal. And he says, because of the tinting on it, he, he thinks this is very much something that has been to space. So I'm going to show you the whole piece in its entirety. Hey, guys, Ryan dropping in right here to uh, state the obvious. There are some references right here and throughout this interview that reference something we're looking at. Head on over to the Ryan Sprague YouTube channel if you want to watch the video version of this interview, especially with the next part, where we get to see this debris from a possible downed UFO. Thanks as always for listening, watching, and now, back to the interview. Oh wow, that's huge. Okay, but when you, when you look at it, it's just like, oh, okay, it's a piece of metal. But upon further inspection, you'll start to notice, look, these, there's these, this weird bubbling that has right, occurred right. in the metal, which suggests that something was heated extremely quickly, mm-hmm. faster than able to char. The other thing, too, is you can see the way that this has come off. It looks as though it has literally exploded off something. Uh, but this is, if you look at this, pe- this side here, there is a strange, like, yellow tinting to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backside, there's some discoloration and it looks like oxidation. We have this. <laughs> it hasn't rusted. Well, it has not rusted. Came right out of the ground. Oh, wow. We had it analyzed. We had it analyzed. And same thing you said, man. This is aerospace ready material. And mm-hmm. uh, that it was designed to withstand a tremendous amount of pressure, mm-hmm. the type of metal it is. And so. It is not a piece of like a, you know a license plate or a piece of aluminum off a roof or something like that. This is something that has been through a traumatic event, and this was right in the coordinates of the needles crashing on the banks of the Colorado River. Wow! So it's that's super thin, yeah. very strong, dude. It looks identical to our metals. I'm not kidding you. Ah. Even the even the um like you said the the bubbling that we're seeing there where it looks like it was like burned or impacted. Ours had the same thing. And this was like a solid steel piece that you could not bend. You could not break nothing yet. It had those really interesting rivets in it and bubbling. Like you said, like something very traumatic had happened. Wow. It is strikingly similar to our metals. There's (laughs) something to be said about that. What do you guys think? What do you think it is? That was buried like four to five feet down. That was okay. Joe, so every we're not time you say that story, it gets a foot deeper. It was like two feet down. <laughs> it was like it, two to four feet deep. It was. It was in the stupid. core of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> we dug to China. Yeah, to China. Um, but here's my, here, Joe. What do you think? Because I think that 
I don't necessarily know that it's extraterrestrial, but I really do think that whatever crashed in needles, this could really truly be a piece of it. That's yeah. what I truly well, believe. We had to analyze, we analyzed its properties. We, you know, had to take it around it. And from the results, it's something that's been in the space. The yellowing on it is from radiation that they mm. say. Um, oh, wow. And that's yeah. saying something. Yeah. This, being in space, yeah. this creates this sort of yellow tint. A um, yellow coating tint. Yeah. We've actually even had skeptics look at it and they still say, this is weird. And so we can truly say that this is a strange object off of something that suffered a traumatic event. And quite possibly was in space. I yeah. really do think that this yeah. is possibly a piece of what crashed because it sounds to me like potentially if needles wasn't extraterrestrial, that it definitely was an advanced, um, potentially government experimental craft of some sort, which could explain this sort of launch grade alloy. Um, mm-hmm. and so how you like so, them apples there, Ryan? Do you like our yeah, yeah. Ryan's from Gooey? You should go on a trip with us sometime. You actually probably might kill us. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the funniest shit in the world. Oh my the poor God. sound guy in the back of the RV and, 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 and yeah. executive guy, they were just like, how do you guys, how are you still talking? It's been 12 yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. So, it's the passion you know, that keeps you going. I was all, I was all, yeah, it was the passion. I was all, so how long did you guys record? He's like, well, like about 40 minutes after you guys, we left, we just stopped because she <laughs> <laughs> just kept talking and talking. Oh that man, cool. that is, well, I think that that's is what so this cool. is about too, right, Ryan? Like it's supposed to be fun. Absolutely. I try to remind people yeah, this is a serious topic. Like we're talking about possible kidnapping of kids by the U.S. government and killing them at a, a like a UFO crash, and also like the potential of alien life visiting our planet. It is a big thing, but come on, like we talk about the weirdest shit out there, and if we can't laugh about it every now and yeah. again, you're gonna be miserable. Miserable, miserable. So, I, really just to let it. you know that yeah. that Nick Pope, that was him letting go. that was his having a good time let's talk about that um you guys recently had um, he didn't get anything that i was doing i was doing the donald trump water bottle drink he's like (laughs) what 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 happened look look what was it like he's a very thoughtful man yeah Yeah. oh he actually he was a blast and he went along with it perfectly yeah he he did I was able to really let go. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and by that he means like unbutton the top button of his yeah. shirt. Right? Yeah, but no, he no, was he great. Definitely a great, and I would like to have him on again. Nick Pope is was the former UFO desk worker for the MOD in England and their UFO mm-hmm. project, and uh, you should know that by now to my audience. But um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. So what did he have to say? Anything really compelling that he brought forward with you guys? My favorite part of the whole show (laughs) is we ask him, we say, if there is a revelation about UFOs and extraterrestrials this month, potentially, what would the president say to the people? Walk us through that moment. And he does. He does. For a minute, he actually got us silent. We were like, yeah. Did it happen, bro? Did it happen? Yeah. (laughs) So it felt like, wait. Is this happening? Are you doing disclosure now? Like, is, oh, it, is this wow. it? Just yeah. yeah, he did really he good. Like, the president will walk out. And he, I, I can't really do anything. But uh, that was my favorite part. You know, the mm-hmm. guy is deep into what's going on over. Yeah, uh, he, he's on Tucker Carlson. I know how much mm-hmm. you you watch Tucker Carlson all the time, doing. I know you love. Tucker Carlson, don't you run? <laughs> oh, huge, huge fan of uh, mm. Mr. Carlson. Hey, look, oh. I'm pretty vocal about my political leanings and everything, um, but you know, I try to keep it out as much as I can. Um, Always okay. all this, but you know, it's hard because this is a political issue. UFOs, mm-hmm. you know, we can all see. I didn't mean to bring up politics. Well, I did, but I didn't like to bring but it up did. like in a big way. But hey, look, if there's anything I can say about Tucker Carlson, um, you know, besides him as a person, he is taking this thing more serious than any news network, any news anchor, and he's doing a really good job at it. He's a smart guy. There's no getting around that. Tucker Carlson is a very smart guy. Um, There are there's so much I don't agree with him on in the world. But hey, 
if he's going to be the one to get this thing out to the forefront, I mm-hmm. am appreciative of that. And um, I just want it out. Yeah. You know I what just I mean? Want it out. We want the truth. I don't care who does it. Just totally. put it out. Just get it out. And that's how I feel being mm-hmm. just apolitical. And I was teasing you a little bit, but just being apolitical about it. I don't care if the Pope, I don't care. I just, I want to know so that we can, I don't know, what are we going to do after all this is over? What are we going to complain about? <laughs> what are anymore? the three of us going to do? We're going to have to like take up like basket weaving or something. I don't know. <laughs> Underwater basket weaving. <laughs> Underwater. Yes. <laughs> Got to put that caveat on. Um, well, hey, I want to know what you guys think. And while we're on the topic of like disclosure and you know, I guess U.S. politics, we have a major election coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, no matter which way it goes, you know, Trump has kind of given us his thoughts and whatnot on the UFO topic. But Biden has said nothing. He's never really talked about it. But do you think with a new administration, things could change in terms of the UFO disclosure? If we have a different administration full of different people who may have some interest in this topic, does it matter? Does it even matter if Trump is there or Biden is there? Will anything change with the overall disclosure of UFOs in your guys' opinions? I think that there that things are so chaotic right now. Now would be the probably the most likely time that something could get out. I don't know what would happen if Biden got in. Like you said, he hasn't said anything. But what if he gets in, but then he does the you know what was the former, which was just kind of keep. He's, he is. He will pushing it along, kind of thing. I'm actually surprised Trump hasn't said anything yet. To be honest, I mean the guy's like, you know. I mean, why wouldn't Biden? I mean, says, but to, to yeah. tell you the truth, why wouldn't Biden? You know, they're, they're little tiny little beings, and they, he'd smell their head, and as he sits there with them, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> those are some creepy videos, man. Why would he? You know. I don't care who you vote for. Like, them some creepy videos for sure. <laughs> he's just, he's just you sitting there. <laughs> oh man, we we've we've literally alienated one hundred percent of our audience already, and I think that's amazing. It's all about that's fun, true. and especially right now, man. Like, I think they're all crazy. Okay, all of them, all of the. Every single politician line, they're all, they're all is equally not truthful. So let's just get that out. So you can do whatever you want to do with whoever you want. But like you said, let's get the info out. Hopefully we let's can do it. get it. Well, okay. So one of your guests is probably the most controversial person in Don't ufology know. from years past and even up until today. And I was really surprised to see you guys get him on and chat with this guy, and that is Rick Doty, the professional disinformation agent within ufology, working for the U.S. Air Force and OSI and all these other things. Um, I don't even want to list all his credentials because they scare me, Hmm. but um, what was it like? (laughs) Right. What was that like, guys? Honestly, he's a really great guy. Yeah, He seems nice. Um, Yeah. That's the problem. He's fun. Well, yeah, you know, that's actually very true. You know, I think the point is, um, in terms of interviewing Rick Doty, is whether you like it or not, he has a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes it's off-putting because, you know, of his past and what he did, like you were saying, being a disinformation agent. But um, you got to just talk to him yourself. You have to, you know, you can't really just hear what other people are saying. You got to really kind of ask them, why did you have to do that? What did that entail? Mm -hmm. What are you doing now? You know, what about this, this, and this? We just ask, you know, we don't beat around the bush. And so that was really why uh, we continued to interview Rick Doty. We only really got a chance to talk to him a little bit about Area 51. And so we wanted to further our conversation, our curiosity. I understand what you're saying, you know, potentially giving a platform to maybe the disinformation person. But I think the larger picture of what we do here is people have to pick and choose what they think is the most accurate. Rick Doty, people could listen to him and go, that guy's totally full of shit. And that's fine with me. That's fine with because, you know, ultimately there's a story and he shares one with us. And people, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's an interesting story. Oh, it's a very interesting story. Never told anybody before. And Mm. um, it's an interesting story. And I believe him. You know what? I believe him, bro. And I believe him. Okay. 
Uh, you, you guys will have to, in my audience, go watch or listen to that interview to hear that story. I don't, I obviously don't want to give it away here, but um, you're you're right. He is a storyteller, and uh, that's what um, mm-hmm. worries a lot of people, and also uh, captures a lot of people's attention who might not know about what he's done in the past. And again, for anyone who doesn't know, this gentleman. Um, He's probably best known for a disinformation campaign he did back in the 80s with a gentleman named uh, Paul Benowitz, who was reporting UFOs over Kirtland Air Force Base and uh, went straight up to the base, kind of like knocked on the proverbial front door and said, yo, there's UFOs over your base. And also like I'm getting these weird transmissions on my radios back home. And uh, I think it's an alien invasion. And meanwhile, the Air Force base is like, holy shit, he like cracked our secret spy codes and whatnot and like frequencies. This is a huge national security breach. And this dude is able to like hear this and and experience this like that's fucked up. We got to like do something. And when he came to them and said it's aliens, they ran with it. They're like, "Okay, sure. Totally. Right. It's aliens. And they get into it. They, f- they fed him, and Rick Doty was the gentleman who they hired to go to this guy and keep it going, keep telling him there's an alien invasion coming. They would break into his home, him and these other spooks, and when he wasn't home, and, like, move shit in his apartment or his house and uh, just so he would become paranoid or think he was crazy. And they just kept doing this and driving it into this dude's brain that there was a pending alien invasion and the government knew about it and until he went mad. <laughs> And his, his family had to put him in a uh, mental institution. And this is all proven and documented. And right. Rick Doty, the gentleman you interviewed, was the one who drove this guy crazy for the yes, U.S. Yes, you have to talk to him about it, though. Crazy. Very interesting. Crazy. He it's has his side no, of the story, right? Well, it's interesting <laughs> when you talk about orders from the Army or what – I don't remember, I actually remember exactly what branch he was in. I think it was Army, right, Joe? Remember yeah, my head. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know everything about Rick Doty, yeah. but – he explains that when you're under orders, there's certain things you have to do. And um, I found that to be interesting because if you are, how does that work, Ryan? If you're like a soldier and you're told to do something, what do you do? You know, you do it. And I get that. Like, and, and yeah. Dodie has said that in the past, he said, I was doing my job and this is for national security and I was, you know, paid to do this. And like, of course I'm going to do what I'm told to do. And but frankly, who's to say he's not still doing that job either? <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Which is true. Yeah. You know, um, he's just got some interesting stories and things to say. So that would be why we mm-hmm. brought him on. There's such a a um, a weird thing nowadays. I think in the media and whether it's like YouTube or mainstream media or anything in between, of giving certain people platforms and uh, this sort of cancel culture we live in is no if you're interviewing them or talking about them, you're automatically giving them more exposure. And to an extent, I understand that, but I also think it's important to understand why someone feels the way they feel or did the things they did and um, let the listener decide. So I understand why you guys did it. It it was very interesting. And um, look, his story's still being written. He's yeah. still in there. I mean, he's on Facebook every two seconds, like liking my posts and other UFO researchers like <laughs> interacting with us. And it's weird. It's weird knowing that like the poster child of disinformation within you follow. The guy from Mirage Men on the yeah. cover of Mirage Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's clicking like on like my posts and yeah. whatnot and your guys' posts. It's weird. What a weird <laughs> digital age we live in. But um right? okay. I know. Where should we go from here, guys? Well, I think, is there any questions, show that you have for Ryan? Because, you know, we got, we got our dual show here. Uh, you know, two worlds colliding. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think we're, I think we drive well. This is fine. We definitely got to do yeah. this again, for sure. Oh, my That's God. Funny. I just want to know what's for you. one of many. Yeah. We, we got to let people know about Ryan's book, which is getting, I think, not just national, but worldwide attention on major news outlets and I think were you in Australia or something? I did um, a I did an interview out of Australia um, about a month ago. Well, first of all, thank you, thank you for those. Very I know hours. everything, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I uh, I came out with a second edition of my book, which you can see right there. That's um, 
shameless promotion if I've ever seen. No, I would um, read it, but I don't read books. That's that's totally fair. But no, thank you for mentioning the book. It's um, it's the second yeah. edition. Yeah. Um, I I always said like if I'm gonna buy a second edition of a book, there needs to be a reason, you know, un- unless it's college and you're buying like textbooks that you you're forced to buy. Why would you want to read a second edition of a book? So I went in, dude, and I wrote. 80,000 new words. It's a whole new book. Um, It's exhausting. It it really was. And uh, it was really rewarding. Like I, the book is all about people who've seen UFOs, experienced abductions, Mm -hmm. their thoughts and theories on them. And it's more about the people having the experiences than like, how big was the craft? When did it happen? Um, I wanted to get to know. Which is great. Yeah. We're missing that. Yeah. We need both. We need both. Because we're definitely all very focused on like what's going on and, and, you know, and, you know, the evidence and, you know, yeah. we want us vindication and that sort of, but there are people that are still dealing with this or have dealt with it. And they haven't even said anything or they haven't had the chance to get it out. And now's a good time because now, you know, you, you don't have to necessarily be a crazy person, quote unquote, you know, to have a UFO experience. It's different, different time. That's what's great about the book. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think you're right, man. Like, I think now is the time where the world is embracing UFOs unlike ever before. And that has a lot to do with these articles that came out in the New York Times and um, CNN, Fox, whatever, covering the topic in a serious manner when they didn't before. And um, it's empowered people. So I thought, what better time to come out with a new version of the book with new UFO cases um, following up with everyone in the 2016 edition of the book to see if their events have continued. That's another thing. We hear about UFO sightings, whether on the news or in person, and then that's kind of it. We never hear about it again. But look, did it continue? Did these people see other things? Has the story changed at all? Like I wanted to know. So I followed up with everyone and then brought new cases forward, and um, including uh, one of the dudes who was part of the Navy Tic Tac UFO event. Um, he was the first person to track the things on radar, send out the intercept to the pilots and ushered in this whole new era of UFO disclosure when it comes to the military. So, and look, that affected his life in many ways. So I wrote a whole new chapter on that. Like, I, I can't tell you guys how rewarding it is to like, oh, you. Man, I want to write a book someday, there. but I don't have the focus. That, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it, man. I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I'll read it oh, to you. Wait, hold on. We'll go chapter by Amazon chapter. Order. When is it? <laughs> I'll, I'll read it to you at uh, bedtime. How's that sound, man? Remember popcorn? We'll be like, read a paragraph. Popcorn, Joe. Do you remember popcorn? <laughs> no. Remember that? That was when the class. Oh yeah, read. I remember. You had to go through the class, and and then you would say popcorn, and then you would call on your friend in the class, and then it was their turn to read. That's popcorn. oh oh, that sounds cool. Nice. So I'll be no. like, and Ryan went down the slide head first. Popcorn Joe, and then he can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a fuck face and a fuck face of the fuck face in it. Popcorn. (laughs) You don't mind explicit explicit words. Uh, No, we are no stranger to that on summer. I hope you don't mind marking your podcast. We say it Edward. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I just got um, one of my videos on YouTube um, restricted, age restricted, and I'm still trying to figure out why. I don't know if it was like a fluke or what, but I'm like going through. I'm like, what the hell is so profane or needed to be censored in this? But we're well, seeing they're that like cracking so down. I know. I know. Yeah. They really are. I'm afraid um, that the UFO crack, or sorry, the conspiracy cracked down. I don't want that to reach into to our community where we're really trying to get real information out. Yeah. You know, um, all of a sudden they're like, you never yeah. know. They could be like any conspiracy at all. Who know? I mean, where, where is this going to lead to? You know? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I know like the whole QAnon thing is being censored on all social media platforms right now, which, you know, I struggle with censorship for sure. But if it's dangerous and it's affecting the real world in bad ways, like something like shooting up a pizza shop during Pizzagate or like drinking bleach to cure the coronavirus – those are real. That's world a great issues. one. That's a tremendous one. I just want to let you know that I was a part of that. Drink the bleach. You'll be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That is spot on. I can't believe that. But uh, you're right. Tell me about it. You're right. Like, when is it going to bleed over into ufology and um, the conspiracies that we cover? I, I, I fear that maybe we won't see as much UFO content on these platforms any longer. You just have to be and cautious, I guess, of keywords and descriptions. Got to be careful. And, you know, yeah, like it's I a don't slippery slope. But anything about 
it is. Mm. I do know though, um, like we've had a blast with you in mm. this interview. It's not mm. even an interview, it's like a chat. It's a chat. Yeah, I was chatting. This is so great. I think this is how most people should talk about UFOs. Yeah. So tell me about your PhD and you know <laughs> we don't have any PhDs in Portugal. Fuck that shit. But <laughs> I think we are gonna have to wrap up for Ari because um my AirPods are dying. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's to... totally fine. We are gonna have yeah. plenty of more opportunities to do this. Oh, yeah, we, dude. We only scratched the surface today, at least oh, on my man. end. I know we could do this for hours, but no, this has been awesome. <laughs> um so I guess for my audience, yeah, before you guys go. Where can we find you and everything you're up to and what comes next for the UFO bros? Well, our website, realufobros.com. We're on all things social media at realufobros. So it's just the same handle. And on uh, our our podcast is called Probecast. So you just got to search in UFO bros Probecast. And, um, you know, it's slightly, you know, a different approach, as Ryan said earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. But most people enjoy, I think, our show. We get downloads. So check it out guys this has been so much fun on my end thank you i'm so happy we finally made it happen and uh <laughs> it's only just begun right Saucy yes it has, buddy <laughs> awesome take care guys keep looking up see ya bye that is it for this week's episode again my special thanks to joe and Emmett for the laughs and for their insight it certainly isn't the last you'll be hearing from them Alright, I haven't done this in a while, so I'm going to throw you all the socials and some updates. First, we have a special Halloween series going on right now, in the main feed, with interviews with people outside the UFO sphere, to get us in the spooky spirit. I hope you enjoy these bonus episodes as much as I did making them. I also want to thank everyone who reached out during my first batch of signed books. I was completely overwhelmed by the response and sold out in less than 24 hours. So I'll be doing another round of those in November when I'm back on the mainland and can get them shipped out accordingly. And I will be opening this up to international buyers as well. Again, my immense gratitude to everyone who bought the book. Speaking of which, I'm giving you an exclusive update right here about the audiobook of Somewhere in the Skies. It's done. It's getting its final touches. And it should be available very soon. Stay tuned on all my socials for that. And I can't tell you how amazing Beyond the Freight Publishing did producing this audiobook. I seriously was blown away. Again, stay up to date with that and everything we got going on with Somewhere in the Skies over on Twitter, at Somewhere Skies, and on Instagram, at Somewhere Skies Pod. And we have a very active Facebook group as well with an extremely knowledgeable and positive community. Head on over to Facebook and search for the Somewhere in the Skies podcast group, and I'll let you in. If you haven't already, please take a few moments to rate and review Somewhere in the Skies wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain visibility and find new listeners. Thank you in advance. Lastly, the official store is open over at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And just search for the Somewhere in the Skies store. And if you'd like to contact me personally about guest suggestions, news stories, or to share your personal UFO account, head on over to the official website and use the contact tab. That's SomewhereInTheSkies.com. My special thanks to all my patrons over on Patreon, to the E1 Podcast Network, and most importantly, to you for taking the time to listen. I'll see you here next week, and remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies.
Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.